<laughs> this is Jesus Christ Sunday, not Super Bowl Sunday, amen. What a beautiful day it is, right? Isn't it, isn't it awesome to be in the faith, to be in the Lord, amen? Listen, you, you could be a lot of things, but to be a believer at this strategic time in life and in these latter days, listen, you've been appointed for a specific time and how beautiful it is to be here with the family of faith. Do you know that today is necessary for your faith? Will you raise your hand if you realize that? Anybody realize that today is necessary for your faith? I pray that you didn't come to church to see what, what jacket I was going to be wearing, my bow tie, I don't know. Maybe you came to see a friend or you wanted to hang out with the family of faith and maybe you didn't have nothing to do. You said, well, let me go see what's going on at the church. I pray that you realize that today God is going to build your faith. Your faith is going to be built up. It's going to be a holy faith. Because I'm not going to teach you to have faith in, in, in me. I'm going to teach you how to have faith in God. And this is what Jesus says. Put your faith in God, in the Lord. And we're going to concentrate on that today. Okay, so guess what? So today we begin a brand new series called Shaken. And what I'm here to do today on behalf of God is to produce in your life an ability to be unshakable. I want you to know that everybody here will be shaken. These are these times. This is what's happening. These are the contractions and the, and, the, and the labor pains that we see in these last days. But the Spirit of the Lord has sent me to help you to stand firm in the Lord. And for some of you, it's understanding what your foundation is. I know that maybe there are some of you that have not begun to build upon your foundation. We're going to talk about that today because I want you to begin to build a structure that God may inhabit that place, that, you're, that God may have his abode with you. And so we're going to be into this series. So we're going to do, do four teachings. Just so you know, we're going to be talking about individuals. We're going to move from that to families. Because how many know families are being shaken? Families are being shaken. And then we're going to talk about institutions and government. And lastly, we'll talk about the church. How many know there's churches that are being shaken right now? And I pray that, that I say this for Harvest Point. How many know Harvest Point is going through a shaking? Trust me when I tell you, uh, but, but we're going to stand and we're going to be standing firm upon that foundation. So we're going to be going through several ser a series of messages and I pray that you prepare yourself because we've got a lot to do in the weeks to come. So let me do this. I want you to stand and I want to read a foundational verse. This is found in Hebrews chapter 12 and I want to read a foundational verse. This verse I'll read every single time for the next four Sundays. I'm going to read this particular verse. It's foundational for us. And then for you specifically, God has sent me to talk to you specifically. And I'm going to read a specific verse to you found in the book of Luke. And so what we're going to do right now, if, if you'll go to Hebrews chapter 12, I'm going to read a passage here. Hebrews chapter 12. And I want to read this passage to you beginning at verse 23. And this is a general salutation to the family of faith. General salutation. And I want you to pretend as though you're reading directly from Apostle Paul. Right? I want you just to hear Paul speak to you. Amen. I want you to take this verse and apply it to your life and to your family's life. And I just want you to hear it. Notice how profound this is. Hebrews chapter 12, beginning at verse 23. I'll read through verse 29. It begins like this. To the general assembly and church of the firstborn and Harvest Point Church in Manfield, Texas, which are written in heaven, 
and to the God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect. I got any just men in here made perfect? Come on. And to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Abel. Now watch verse 25. See that ye refuse not him that speaketh. This is Jesus speaking. For if they escape not who refused him that spake on earth, much more shall not we escape if we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven, whose voice then shook the earth. But now he hath promised, saying, Yet once more I shake not the earth only, but also heaven. And this word yet once more signifieth the removing of those things that are shaken as of things that are made, that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. So the shaking is to produce what's eternal. How many know your life needs to be grounded in the eternal nature of the Lord? And so that shaking's already happening. And then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reveal it to you because God's been shaking you. You just didn't realize what was going on. Catch this. Wherefore, we receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. For our God is a consuming fire. Uh, let your neighbor say, you'll get burned in here, baby. <laughs> Check it out. Let's go, let's go, to, let, go with me to St. Luke, St. Luke chapter 6. Now, this is, this is the word of the Lord, St. Luke chapter 6. Go to verse 46. This is the word of the Lord that God is giving, God gave to me to give to you. Did y'all hear that? So today, if you've been saying, Lord, I need a word. If you've been saying, Father, I need a word. Father, I need a revelation. Holy Spirit, deposit a word in me. This is the word that the Spirit of the Lord gave me to give to you. Right? So just, just if you could, you, you know, sometimes I, sometimes I wish that, you know, I know that, you know, I'm, I'm on this platform and uh, I see some dark spots on here, so hopefully that won't look too bad on the, <laughs> on the stream. But sometimes I wish I could just sit down with you, just maybe you individually and just look right across and look you in the face because this word that God gave me is for you. I, I pray that, that, uh, that, that you receive the word of the Lord as though God is speaking to you. Now notice this is St. Luke chapter 6. And I want you to hear this, verse 46. Pretend that Jesus is speaking here. And we shouldn't pretend because we know wherever two or three come together, wherever we're gathered, he's in the midst of us. And I want you to hear it as though the Lord is beseeching you. St. Luke chapter 6, verse 46. This is what it says. And why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? Whosoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings and doeth them, I will show you to whom he is like. Watch this. We're either going to be one or the other. Verse 48. He is like a man which built a house. And what does the Bible say? And dig deep. How many know today's message is dig deep? Because we're going to dig deep today. The Bible says, he is like a man which built a house and dig deep. And what did he do? He laid the foundation on a rock. And when the flood arose, here's the shaking, and the stream beat vehemently upon that house, it could not shake it. 
for it was founded, catch this, it was founded upon a rock. And today, for some of you who don't know what your foundation is, I'm going to teach it to you. Some people don't know what the foundation is. I'm going to reveal it to you. Verse 49. But he that heareth and doeth not is like a man that without a foundation built a house upon the earth against which the stream did beat vehemently and immediately it fell and the ruin of that house was great. And you know why it's great? Because your family's there. Right? Y'all ready to dig deep today? We're, we're going to go deep. So, so, so I don't, you know, I don't know if you, if you came for superficial Christianity, you're not going to find that at Harvest Point. We're going to go deep. And I just want to prepare you. We're going to go deep. And we're going we're gonna to get down to the bedrock of the kingdom so that we can build a house fit for God. Uh, an unshakable house. Y'all ready to be unshakable? Come on, pray with me. Come on, let's get together. You know, put your, put your hand on your neighbor because I, I see families represented. I see husbands and wives and families. And j j just Let's just tie in. Father, we come to you as the family of faith, the house of God. Father, we come in, in, in a heart full of sincerity. We're, we're not coming here for platitudes or, or to play a game or to walk in hypocrisy. We've come here to just be open and honest. Uh, 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 Holy Spirit, our hearts are, are made pliable for you. We, we yield ourselves. Do, do whatever you need to do in, in this fleeting minute. In this fleeting minute, uh, stir our hearts, stir our minds, stir our church. Prepare us. Uh, write upon us. Move upon us. Stir us. Revive us again. And we pray your help. We, we, we pray, Holy Spirit, that, that you'll help us to dig deep today, that, that, that we'll get down to, to, to the core of it all, that, that we'll build a house that is unshakable, a house that's unshakable. We pray your help today, Holy Spirit. Move over our house. Move over our people. Strengthen us as we come together. And we thank you for all that you're going to do and have done for us. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Listen, before you see that there's so many beautiful people in the house of the Lord, listen, I want you to go find five people and I want you to look them in the eye. Don't look to the side. Don't look to the left. Look them dead in the eye and tell them we're going deep today. We're going deep today. We're going to dig deep. Go get them. We're going deep. 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 If you see Sister Sean, Sister, Sister Sean's birthday today. Happy birthday, Sister Sean. She turned 28. Go give her a big hug. She's almost to 30. We love Sister Sean. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. James, it's good to see you, my man. Blessings to you, my brother. So good to see the family of faith. David, it's good to see you, my man, back there. I see you, David. Blessings to you. Javier and Jessica, it's good to see you guys. Blessings, blessings, blessings. 
God is awesome. God is awesome. We're going to dig deep. We're going to dig deep. Going to go deep. good to see the people of God saluting each other. How many know when we come to church, we should be giving each other a holy kiss? Watch out now. Watch out now. We're to show affection. We're to show it right here in the house of the Lord. JC, can you bring me down just a little bit, just a tad? Amen. <clears throat> We're going deep. family of faith. Let, let me share with you a, a passage of scripture that to me is probably the greatest paradox of mankind. Very oddly, this particular passage is placed at a time when Jesus came to the disciples to institute the sacrament of communion. The, the literal place where Jesus speaks of divine communication with God is, in fact, the place of the greatest paradox of man. Uh, this is found in, in St. Luke chapter 22, one of, one of my favorite uh, places to recite the Bible. This is where, when we lead the church in communion, this is where I go. This is my go-to, St. Luke 22. In this particular passage, Jesus said, with desire, have I desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer? Uh, this is the place where the Bible says that at that table in the upper room, Jesus takes the bread. The Bible says he break it, he blessed it, and he divided it amongst the disciples. And he says, this is my body which was broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. You remember that? And then the Bible says, and after, cup, after supper, he took the cup saying, this is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you. Y'all remember that verse, right? Yeah. What we don't remember is what Jesus said immediately following that. Jesus institutes the sacrament of conversation, communion with God. And then he follows it up with something peculiar. He says, but the hand of my betrayer is with me on the table. So after he says, the communion cup, this is the cup which is shed for you, he says, but the hand of my betrayer is with me on the table. And he says, the son of man will go as it has been determined, but woe unto him who betrayeth me. The greatest paradox in all of the Bible is found in the preceding two verses. Do you know what the Bible says? That when they heard Jesus speak of the betrayer, they all began to inquire one to another, who is it that's going to do this thing? They thought, who, who could it be? Watch this. Verse 24 says, and there was a strife among the disciples as to who would be the greatest. You say, how could it be any of us if we're all trying to be great? 
I mean, certainly it's not me. I'm trying to be the greatest in the kingdom. How can I be the betrayer? I mean, I'm, I'm trying to get up. Uh, 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 I'm trying to climb high in God. How can I be the one who's climbing high yet be the one who betrays? It's the paradox of men. Because, you know, when we come to church, you're in the same paradox. I'm trying to tell you that God is going to shake your life, but you say, how can it be me? When the shaking is happening, we don't identify that God is shaking you for a purpose. Listen, you might in fact betray the Lord. Uh, you, you, you might in fact draw back in your faith. So friend, I'm here to tell you the paradox exists in this church. Can I encourage you to hear me? That you very might well be the betrayer. You see, we're going to go deep. Because I want you to catch this. Jesus says that it's not enough to hear him. It's, it's not enough to come to church and hear a message. You know, I get a lot of people uh, that, that say, you know what, I don't go to church anymore because I've heard all the messages. Do you understand it's not hearing the message, it's doing the message. <laughs> Touch your neighbor and say, baby, you got to do something here. So it's not enough to hear Jesus. You've got to be a doer. You got to know what your foundation is. You know, years ago uh, at my house in Grand Prairie, I, I, I had a foundation problem. And, and I, I started noticing that some of my doors weren't closing. And, and, and some of the window seals that were arced, there was already a separation. And I said, babe, look, we, we, we've, got some, we've got some problems with the foundation. So I called a reputable foundation company. The guy came out and said, listen, I can make you a promise that after we get finished, your house will never move again. And I said, well, how can you make that promise? This is Grand Prairie. You know, Grand Prairie got some bad dirt, got bad soil. He says, how can you make me that promise? He says, man, let me tell you something. We're going to dig so deep until we hit rock. And we're going to set your foundation on a rock. Your house will never move again. The Spirit of the Lord has sent me to tell you that God wants to have us to dig deep. Because there's going to come a shaking it's already started happening since the day that Jesus graced earth. There's already been a shaking, but it's like the contractions of a woman bearing a child. Do, do, do you know that Apostle Paul uh, wrote to the church at Thessalonica? He said this, of the times and the seasons, you have no need for me to write unto you. For you know perfectly that the day of the Lord cometh like a thief. In the night. For when they shall say peace and safety, suddenly destruction will come upon them. Watch what he says. As travail upon a woman with child. And they shall not escape. But you know what he said? But you are not in the darkness, brethren, that that day should overtake you as a thief. Because we are children of the light. We are children of the day. Not of the darkness. Friend, I want you to know that the contractions are starting. 
And in the day of Jesus, those contractions, you know, some of y'all that, some of y'all that have been involved and maybe, maybe you've had the privilege of having babies, you know that you don't just start having contractions. You, you, you have a birth pain. And then, then that birth pain increases, and then, and, and, and then it comes on more and more, and then, and then eventually you start seeing some things happening, and then you get a false alarm. Anybody have a false alarm when you went to the, to the hospital and said, oh, no, you ain't ready yet. You, 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 you're not dilated enough, and they sent you back home, and I'm here to tell you that the earth is dilated. We're at a 10. We're about to give birth to the coming of the Son of Man, and God has sent me to tell you this. We got to get our foundation right. Most people don't know what's their foundation. So I'm going to teach it to you. Open your Bible, St. Matthew chapter 16. St. Matthew chapter 16. I'll, I'll get a point of reference for me. This is a verse that if you've been in this church long enough, you've heard me just quote this but chapter, not the chapter, but verse upon verse. This is St. Matthew 16. Slide your finger down to verse 13. This is what it says. St. Matthew 16, 13. It says this. When Jesus came to the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, To whom do they say I, the Son of Man, am? Are y'all there? Y'all see it? Because I'm about to teach you foundation. Are y'all there? And they say, some say thou art John the Baptist, some Jeremiah, or Elias, or one of the prophets. And you know what Jesus says? But who do you say that I am? Come on, I'm helping you get your foundation. Anybody want to go deep? You want to dig deep with me? We're going to go deep, right? I'm, I'm going to take you to the foundation. He says, but who do you say that I am? And you see, Peter spoke up and said, thou art the Christ, the Son of God. God. Y'all see that? Are y'all reading your Bible with me? And then what did Jesus say? Okay, good. Let's, let's, let's go. Now that you know who I am, let's, let's go to Jerusalem. What did he say? Blessed art thou, catch it, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood is not revealed unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. You see, Simon, you're no longer Simon. I'm going to call you Peter. Somebody say Petros, the stone. And upon this stone, I'm going to build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I'm going to give to you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Why? Because you've got a foundation. Listen, brother and sister, you didn't get here because you found God. God found you. This is the foundation of Christianity. We don't love him first. He loved you first. The Bible says we love him because he loved us first. You were found by God. When you tap your chest, say, God found me. When you look at your neighbor, say, God found you. The Bible says, Ephesians 2 gives us a reference to this quickening. And you have he quickened and made you alive. Friend, do you know that that encounter with Jesus, with the disciples, with Jesus, was supernatural? It was a super, 
natural confrontation that Jesus says, but who do you say that I am? Who do you say? Come on, I want to I want to dig deep with you. Who do you say that he is? You understand that Jesus said, listen, this wasn't revealed to you because you had some intellectual epiphany as to my identity. You had supernatural revelation. You have a supernatural confrontation with the supernatural revelation. Jesus says, I can build on that. The only thing lacking there was a supernatural faith. You see, Peter wasn't converted yet. But God said, I can build on that. Friend, who do you say that Jesus is? You had a divine, supernatural encounter with the Holy Spirit who revealed to you the identity of Christ. But today we can say, I know who Jesus Christ is. He is the Son of God. And on that revelation, on that, on that premise, we now have a place to build. Somebody say amen. amen. God can build on that supernatural revelation. This is the foundation for your faith. Did you catch it? Are you there with me? Anybody want to go a little deeper? Open your Bibles with me. St. John chapter 14. Because I'm I'm going to take you a little deeper. Uh, There there is a work happening in faith that, that is extraordinary. And friend, I'm here to tell you, your salvation experience is the experience of the Spirit of God working in you, the miracle of salvation. You have been saved by the power of God. Will you say that out loud? I've been saved by the power of God. You've been saved by that power. This is foundational. Jesus said, if you can get that, then we can go ahead and do some work with the enemy. I'll make sure that the enemy, the gates of hell, will not prevail against you. I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven that you can bind here and bind there, loose here and loose there. And friend, if you're not binding and loosening because you haven't built nothing on the foundation that Jesus gave you. Jesus brought you in. You became a child of God under that authority. This is our foundation. Are, are, are you there? Are you there in, in St. John chapter 14? Slide your finger down to verse 15. And, and, and let, me, let me say something that Jesus said here. Jesus says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you to do? Why do you hear my sayings and not put my sayings into practice? Because any man that does that, he's building in the kingdom. 
there is a premise here, and I just want to introduce it to you. St. John 14, 15. Uh, this is what it says. If you love me, keep my commandments. Uh, most people uh, get lost in, in the idea of, well, I'm going to keep the commandments. He's not talking about the pen. Uh, some people get caught up with, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to discipline myself uh, to obey the Lord. And friend, I will tell you, obey Jesus. But I'm here to tell you that if you think you're going to obey Jesus out of your self-will, he's going to shake you loose. Friend, the shaking that's happening in this hour, if you think it's going to be because you have personal discipline, you are going to be shaken right out of the kingdom of God. There has to be a deeper motivation. Has to be something deeper than that. So I'm going to teach it the way Jesus taught it. You ready? So Jesus says this. I have come not to bring peace to earth. I've come not to send peace, but a sword. Anybody want to go deep? I'm about to go deep. He says, I have come to set a man at variance with his father. And a daughter with her mother, and a daughter-in-law with her mother-in-law. And a man's foes shall be they of his own house. This is Matthew 10. I'm just quoting the scriptures. He says, he that loveth his father and mother more than me, he's not worthy of me. I'm going to shake them right out of here. And any man or woman that loves their son or daughter more than me, they're not worthy of me. I'm going to shake you right out of heaven. I'm going to shake you right out of here. You're not worthy of me. And any man that doesn't pick up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. You know, I perceive that in the church, you're more in love with forgiveness than you are Jesus. Uh, we're, we're more in love with things around us, with family, with things, with children. And listen, I know what it is. Listen, brother and sister, I've got to, I've got to, listen, if, if you were to ask me, first lady will ask you. If you said, well, what does pastor love most? She might say, his little, his little grandson. I love that little boy. But if Jesus loved, doesn't make that love look like hate, he's going to shake me right out of the kingdom. You see, he's, I'm not worthy of it. I, I, I want you to see, listen, I think we're more in love with, with the things that we have in church. Forgiveness. Instead of the one who forgave you. Uh, we're more in love with the idea of grace and mercy than you are who are the one who gave you grace and mercy. L listen, I think there's a lot of people in the church that even your idea of heaven is unfounded in God. You know why? Because a lot of us, you know, we think of heaven. And what do you think when you think of heaven? You probably think, well, I can't wait to get over heaven because my grandmama's there. And, and my mama's there. And my daddy's there. And I, I can't wait for a big family reunion. I can't wait to get together with them. And we're all going to eat at the lamb, a marriage supper of the lamb. I can't wait to get to heaven because I won't be sick anymore. I can't wait to get over there. and We're going to be rejoicing. God, God's going to wipe every tear off of my eye. I'm going to have a mansion on a street of gold. That ain't it. Listen, you know, sometimes you, you, I 
can't even count how many funerals I've done. And, and most recently, I've been telling people, why do you want to go to heaven? Every, everybody goes. Have you ever been to a funeral where they say, for sure, I've been to one. I've actually preached one where after I preached it, a lady met me at the end. And she said, I want to let you know that, that, that to, to stand you corrected in your sermon, preacher, that I believe that the man that you just buried is in hell. I didn't know who she was until later I found out that was his ex-wife who didn't get some stuff in the wheel she was upset about. <laughs> she was not, you know, she was biased in her judgment of the husband. But listen, listen, what makes heaven heaven but God himself? Listen, heaven is heaven because Jesus is there. I, I, I want to be with Jesus. I, I want to be with God. Everything else ain't nothing to me. I just, I just want to get over to Jesus. I'm just trying to go a little deeper. Because see, if Jesus becomes your motivation, then when you stand before him at the judgment seat, your works will pass through that fire. But if you have any other motive than the love of Jesus, your works will be consumed and they will be turned into dust and asked before the feet of Jesus. It has to be the love of God. It has to be the love of God. It has to be the love of God. And I mean everything about you has to be about the love of God. And why wouldn't you love him? I mean, what's wrong with you? Why wouldn't you love him? He died for you. When you cared nothing about God. died while you were still ungodly. But God commended his love toward us and that while we were still yet sinners, Christ died for your ungodliness. He found me. He found me dead. I would know nothing about God if the Spirit of God didn't awaken me to His gloriousness. I've been saved. I've been rescued. I had a supernatural encounter with Jesus. And today I can tell you I know who He is. And I'm still finding out more about Him. He's, he is unsearchable as they say. But I'm growing in my faith and knowledge of God. I am building upon this house. Can I quote another verse? St. Matthew 22. Chapter 22. Y'all know the story. A, a, a religious leader came to the Lord. One of the, a, a, a lawyer came and tempted the Lord by saying, what is the greatest commandment in the Bible? What's the greatest commandment? You already know this passage because Jesus didn't quote a command. I mean, because we're talking about commandments, right? Jesus didn't quote a command. Take her with you now. Pray over in the back. Elders, jump on that. She needs some help. 
Check it out. Jesus didn't quote a command. What did he do? He gave you purpose. This is what he said. He said, Rabbi, what is the greatest command in the Bible? That's what Jesus said. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all that soul. You know, all your passions. You know, all your mind. You know, are y'all catching this? You know, your, your, your mind, where you think, where you process thought. Love them there. Love them in your heart. Y'all catching this? With all your strength, all your vitality. Love the Lord thy God with all the heart, with all thy soul, with all thy strength, and with all thy mind. And the second is like unto it. Love thy neighbor as thyself. He's trying to help you reach a deeper revelation of why we obey. You know why we obey? Because we love God. We love Him with everything. And friend, today, can I encourage you today? If you want to create a house that cannot be shaken, it has to be grounded on your love for God. Your love for God, brother and sister. Your love for God. Uh, are, you, are you there in St. John 14? Uh, let, let me read something to you because I can tell I, I may need to go a little deeper. You may want to go a little deeper with me? You know, uh, let, let's read it. St. John, uh, I could quote it, but let me just read this to you because th there's, a pat, there's a little piece in here that I believe will be necessary for your foundation. Uh, uh, St. John uh, chapter 14, slide your finger down to verse 19. Look what it says here. He says, yet a little while... The world seeth me no more, but ye see me because I live in you, ye shall live also. At that day ye shall know that I am in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him. And watch what he says. And I will manifest myself. To him. Judas, of course, not Iscariot, says, Lord, how is it that thou wilt manifest thyself unto us and not unto the world? And Jesus said, if a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. Do you know that this shaking it's going to shake every person under every religious pretense of God. There's even people right now in the church that are falling away from their faith because they don't love Jesus. It is said of Christ himself that in the last days, the love of many will wax cold. Let me say it like this. You, you ever met people... You know, because I do this, I, I, I speak apologetically for the Lord. Uh, there are people who try to tell me that I serve the same God you serve, except I don't believe in Jesus. I mean, aren't all religions the same? I mean, you serve that God, but, but, but it's one God, but we all serve through different faiths to get to that one God. Look at your name and say, that's a lie. This is what Jesus told the religious elite of his day. People saturated in religion. 
when he told him. Search the scriptures. For in them you think you have eternal life. And they are they which speak of me. But you will not come unto me that you might have eternal life. You see, I seek not the honor of men. This is what he says. I have come in my Father's name, and ye will not receive me. Do you know that in the 8th chapter of John, that Jesus was talking about the Jews being in bondage to sin, and they said, we are Abraham's seed, and we have never been in bondage before or ever since. Uh, do, do you know the story where Jesus said, listen, Abraham saw my day and was glad. In fact, Jesus said, before Abraham was, I am, and they picked up stones to stone him. But do you know what Jesus said to the religious elite? If God were your father, then would you love me? For I proceeded forth and came from God. Neither I came I of myself, but the father sent me. God is going to shake religion. And he is shaking it right now. And he's purifying a people wholly devoted to God in love and admiration for Jesus. Your motivation, your motivation has to be Jesus. When you come to church, it has to be about Jesus. When you open your mouth, it has to be about Jesus. When you think about God, it has to be about your love for him and your love for others. Everything else will be consumed in flames. My question to you is, do you love Jesus? I mean, I'll be honest with you, as your, as your pastor, uh, I, some of you, I, you know, I got some question marks. Do, do, do you, do you, I'm going to give an auxiliary. I do this from time to time. This past week, you know, I was just in my word, and I, I went past the, 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 in Romans 16 that the Bible says that, that we should all submit to those persons in spiritual authority. Because these are the men and women who are going to give an account for your soul. And I can almost see, I told my wife this this Wednesday, I said, baby, man, I, I hope this doesn't happen. But if it does, I can't lie to Jesus. But, but, but you might come to that place where, where you, 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 you're telling him, no, that's not true. And he's going to say, well, let me, let me call your pastor. I'm going to let him give evidence of your life. Were you grievous? Did you make my labor a chore? Were you responsive to the words that I shared with you? Did you respond in the messages? Did you work in harmony with the church? Were you working in harmony with me? And my friend, I'm here to tell you, there's some of you that I may not be able to give a good report. I've been telling y'all for a long time that I don't want to do your funeral and have to make up stuff about you. I, I want to be able to stand there and say, this man, this woman, love Jesus. I want to say it with conviction to know that your life was given over to him. Friend, I'm here to tell you, some of you I have some questions about. Listen, I'm not judging you. Listen, I'm judging the fruit of your life. Some of you have some real serious question marks. And some of you that you think you're the most mature, when I go into my prayer life, you're always on my heart before God, which proves to me you're not as mature as you think you are. 
Can, 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 I, can, I, can I get you around the curve a little fast? Can we go a little deeper? You know what I've noticed about mature people? They're affectionate. Not always, but, but most of the time, these people are demonstrating love. Y'all won't go a little deeper because I can tell y'all looking at me all sad. Look, I'll promise you this. I'll just tell the Lord, no comment. No comment. Maybe it won't happen. Maybe it will. But I got to give an account for your soul when I meet God. What do you want me to say? Man, I'm here with you. I'm, I'm driving the same streets. I'm in the same city. I'm going through the same temptations. I'm going through the same troubles. And friend, I'm here to tell you, if your life is not built on the foundation of your complete devotion to God and love for him that saved you, I can't rescue you. Nor can God. Because everything that can be shaken will be shaken. And if you're not built on that foundation, on divine revelation, friend, you had a divine encounter with God and you came by spiritual revelation to the knowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord. You came to the knowledge that he died for you, that he bled for you, that he set you free. And friend, if you don't love Jesus for what he's done in your life, then so be it. And it'll be unto you. Anybody want to go a little deeper? Man, because I came to go deep. St. Luke chapter 7. You want to you see what love looks like? I, I'm, I'm just going to read it just because uh, this particular verse gives us a demonstration what it looks like. Because, you know, some of you don't know what love is. I mean, at the very least, don't you want to know what it is? I mean, man, if foreigner wants it, you ought to want it. Quit being so naive. Come on, everybody. I want to know what love is. I want you to show me. I want to feel what love is. I want you to show me. I'm going to show you. Can, can I show you what love is? St. Luke chapter 7, Spirit of the Lord brought this to me. Divine revelation. Because I want to know what it is. I'm not preaching to you absent of looking myself in the mirror. I want to know what love looks like. I want to know what it is. Don't you? I mean, man, maybe if I know what it is, maybe I can model that. Maybe I can put that in my spiritual arsenal of worship. Maybe I can follow a biblical pattern of what it is to love Jesus. Give it to you like this. Thank you, sweetheart. She's cheering me on. Come on. Hallelujah. That's anointing right there. Check this out. St. Luke chapter 7. You know this story. Jesus is invited by a Pharisee by the name of Simon to his house to eat meat. They get there and they, they begin to eat together. But while they begin to eat, a woman showed up. Uh, the Bible doesn't tell us anything about this woman except she's a sinner. 
Tap your neighbor on the, on the knee and say, hello, somebody. <laughs> Just a sinner. Come on, I didn't hear no tapping. Come on, tap your neighbor and say, he's a sinner. Hello, somebody. Boom. He's just a sinner. Isn't that nice? He's just a regular old grade A sinner. Fortunately, we ain't got nobody in here like that. The Bible says that Jesus is eating. I, I, I don't know. I, I'll illustrate. You know, a lot of us, how, how many of us, I've only seen the passion of the Christ one time. But, but there's a segment in the passion of Christ where Jesus built a tall table. Y'all remember that little passage where he, with, his, with his mother, Mary, and she's saying, what are you building? He says, I'm building a table. She says, well, that's kind of a tall table. And then he said, well, I perceive Jesus, I perceive that people would like to eat like this. You know, he kind of squatted down there at the table and he put his, both of his elbows on the table. Y'all remember that? And he says, I'm making some high chairs because, because people are going to want to eat. See, who's this for? It's probably rich people going to want to eat like this. And then Mary says, eh, it won't catch on. Because see, people in the Middle East, they ate like this. And there was a short table, and they would eat. See, 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 Jesus is there sitting at the place to eat. And a woman comes and stands at his feet. All she's doing is weeping. She's so enthralled with Jesus that she gets down on her hands and knees and begins to weep upon his feet. She weeps so thoroughly over his feet that she literally washes the feet of Jesus with her tears. And in fact, it was with her hair that she dried his feet. While she's weeping and crying at the feet of Jesus, washing them clean. You know what Simon's thinking? You see, if he really were a prophet, he would know what man or woman it is that's touching him. For she's a sinner. This is what he's thinking. You know what Jesus says? Simon, I have someone to say to you. He says, say on, master. He says, there's, there's a creditor who has two debtors. One owed 500 pence, one owed 50. And he called them in to reconcile the debt, but they had nothing to pay him with. So he frankly forgave them both. He says, to whom do you think will love him the most? Come on now. He says, I suppose the one to whom was forgiven most. He says, you rightly judge. He says, look at this woman. When I came into your house, you didn't even wash my feet. But this woman has washed my feet with her tears and dried them with her hair. You know what? You didn't even kiss me when I came in. This woman has not ceased to kiss my feet since the moment I walked through your door. You didn't even anoint my head with oil. And this woman, she brought an alabaster box. She's anointed my feet with ointment. And I say unto her, though her sins be many, her sins are forgiven. Because she loved much. You see, to whom little is forgiven, loveth little. He said, woman, thy sins are forgiven.
say you love Jesus? You, you, you say you love Jesus. You know what drives me to pray? It's not the knowledge of knowing that my faith will grant the petition. You know why I pray? Because I love being with God. I, I, I love the presence of the Almighty. I love being before Jesus. I love talking with Him. I love being with Him. That's my motivation in the prayer. And you know, because that's my motivation, I pray a lot. It's not because I have a discipline. It's not because I can arrange the hours of my day to find time to pray. You know why I pray? Because I absolutely love the presence of the Almighty. I love being with God. I love being around Him. I love hearing about Him. I like telling Jesus stuff. We talk about it. Listen, it is wonderful to be in love with Jesus. You know why? Because now you have motivation to do the things you wouldn't ordinarily do. You know why I weep in prayer? Because I absolutely love Jesus. And I'm going through the refiner's fire. I want to make sure that everything I'm doing is because I love him. Jesus sent me to tell you, you have to check every single motivation in your life towards him. Because this last time shaking might shake you right loose out of the kingdom of God. If you are not doing what you're doing out of the motivation of your love for God, it will not pass through the fire unto good works at the judgment seat of Christ. You have your Bibles, right? I'm going to say something today that I wouldn't never say except the Spirit of the Lord gave it to me, so I'm going to say it. I'm not the only person that has said it. Apostle Paul said it. Open your Bibles, 1 Corinthians 16. I'm stopping right here because I'm praying today that somebody here today will begin to do some real deep, heavy introspection with God this morning. Because I want you to see Jesus for the beautifulness that he is. I should not have to convince you to love him. I should not have to propel you into places of intimacy with Jesus. The preacher shouldn't have to beg you to pray or to be in your word, right? Come on, somebody. Because we follow him. We do what he says. Why? Because we love him. Amen. You see, Jesus said, if you love me. You, you know, if walking your Christian faith is difficult, you know why it's difficult? Because you don't love him. It's as simple as that. The spirit empowers the motivation of love towards God. And if you love him, you'll have all the energy in the world to do whatever God may require of you. Uh, I take my, my little, you there in 1 Corinthians 16? I take my, first lady is always checking me, you know. When, when I'll go to the store with little BJ. And when I tell you he can get whatever he wants, he can get whatever he wants. Fortunately right now, he doesn't know that because sometimes... He looks at stuff. He's really good. He'll go to the store. He plays something. He just puts it back. 
He doesn't know that if he puts it in the bag, I'm going to buy it for him. <laughs> Pretty soon he's going to figure that out. Right? First lady, I said, baby, you know, we're doing some shopping. I says, little partner, we're going to five and below. She says, your limit is $10. I ain't listening to that. I ain't going to hear that. Because I love him. You know, the devil's been telling you a lot of stuff. But if you love God, The enemy's trying to keep you from the things of God. You see, hell's trying to prevail, but it just, because you love God. Listen, are you hearing me? Listen, listen, if I can do that with a little child, how much more the one who rescued me and ransomed me and saved me? Listen, I shouldn't have to convince you to love God. I shouldn't have to convince you of that. But sometimes the preacher has to come and tell you, listen, you might not be what you think you are. Yeah, you might want to play something on this one, Daniel. Start playing a melody because I'm about to say something. I wouldn't say it unless it's, oh, it's in the Word. It's in the Word. And you, you know, shepherd, I'm always saying, you know, sometimes I notice people get a little lackadaisical about even being in church. Friend, you need as much church as you can get. Can I tell you that? Your faith needs to be built up holy faith. And you know how faith comes? Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. And how can they hear unless they have a preacher? This is our time of togetherness. It's only but for a little while. You, you work 40 hours a week. And man, man if, if your employer said, we ain't paying this week, you wouldn't show up next week. devotion we have for everything in the world except for the things of God. But friend, I'm going to tell you, when you love Jesus, you don't need no motivation to do this. You say, how does a preacher preach for 25 years and not become cynical? Because he loves Jesus. And I'm doing the work and I'm strategic. I'm a last day preacher. When I get to heaven, they're going to say, oh, you're one of the last day. I was one of the last day. And friend, let me tell you, there were some cold people in my day. I'm going to tell the Holy Spirit, thank you for visiting our church. Because some of our people need a visitation. Friend, friend listen, your house need, needs a fresh impartation of the Spirit of God. You need revival in your house. You need it now more than you need anything else. You need Jesus to just sweep all over that place. Paul, Paul writing to the church at Corinth in chapter 16, he says this in verse 22. I wouldn't say it unless the Spirit told me to say it. In fact, he told me to end with this verse. Because there's a shaking. This is brother, I shouldn't even have to convince you that there's a shaking. You already see it for yourself. Come on, church. You already see the way the condition of the church. I don't even got to tell you about people. How narcissistic we've become. I don't even got to talk to you about institutions and governments. I don't even got to tell you about those things. Jesus said, listen, this is the beginning of sorrows, birth pains. And listen, the contractions are coming closer and closer together. And the man of God is responsible to tell you, Jesus is coming. Man, listen, you don't want to miss the rapture, trust me. 
you can't serve God now, you're not going to serve him in the tribulation. Listen, if COVID will keep you out of church, the Antichrist will have you at home forgetting about God. Are, are y'all with me? I'm going to read this to you. 1 Corinthians 16, 22, it says, If any man love not the Lord Jesus Christ, let him be anathema, maranatha. Let him be accursed, fit for destruction. It's not a judgment that he's rendering. He's telling you what's going to happen in the shaking. People are being shaken. They're being shaped right into destruction. I've come to tell you that the Spirit of God sent me to say we've got to dig deep. Some of you got to get rid of a relationship to get over them. Some of you are going to have to leave a job. Some of you have to get out of a relationship. Some of you are going to have to put your feet down and say, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord here. Some of you are going to have to make some real hardcore decisions about your love for Jesus. Because Jesus said, I've come to set you at variance with a lot of things in your life. Whether they be people or possessions or things, we've got to go ahead and make the step now. Because when that shaking happens, you just might be swept away. Friend, Jesus is worthy of the maximum you can give to him in devotion and love and praise and adoration. In, in fact, will you stand with me right now? Because it, it's time, it's time, it's time. I hope you're not thinking about the Super Bowl. Because this is the Super Bowl. 